We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. So Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. This week, we have a new feature on our homepage, and what it's designed to do is to map you with coaching, coaching resources, retailers, personal trainers, whatever it is that's kind of ailing you. And it's pretty cool because it works like a personal assistant and goes step by step. So I want to share how the process works and what the steps are. Okay, Jesse, why did we create this in the first place? So we created it in the first place because our mission, of course, is to expand and connect the industry of pageantry, the pageant industry. And we found that contestants were having a hard time getting in contact with the experts that really would be in a position to help them succeed. Right. And what kind of experts can they like be connected to um, through by filling out this little survey? So uh, the first question that we ask in this little survey is, what's your biggest challenge? Is it finding a pageant, winning a pageant, getting the right look? So within whatever you select, it can connect you to pageant systems that maybe you never thought you'd enter. It could be finding a coach that specializes in your system or your age division, or it can be finding a retailer that has the right gown or right interview outfit that you've been looking for all along. So like top to bottom, personal trainers, everything in between um, is available through this resource once we have an understanding of what you need. I kind of like this. If I'm understanding it correctly, it's like kind of like a lazy person's approach, right? (laughs) Rather than going through the director yourself, you're like, okay, I'm just going to, here's what I'm looking for. You hit that and then those people contact you. It's not the lazy person, Stephen. It's the efficient person. The efficient person. Wow. Yeah. And it, like, it talks through, there's so many different questions on this and it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. So you answer that question and it's like, okay, we can totally help you get the right look if that's what you're looking, if that's an area you need. It's like, okay, I have acne or dark spots. I have fine lines and wrinkles. I need hair and makeup help. I need fitness help. I need headshot help. So really it is like so personalized and it's more in depth than just like, okay, I want my, I want good skin. Like it's yeah. got several different areas within that to really cover, or it covers like, okay, how do I need to look on stage with my wardrobe or is it hair and makeup? So it's, I'm saying a lot of things, but it's because there's a lot of things that will help you narrow down to get you exactly the help that you need. And then those people afterwards, they just like text or email, like those experts will text or email you and then you can interview them. And just say like what's your cost or whatever, and then you either choose to work with them or not. Yeah, right? exactly. So you'll enter your name um, in your contact info, and they will be able to say like, "Hey, here I am, ready to help you win this thing." Awesome. Well, um, and then where can they find it one more time before we conclude? Yeah, so go to pageantplanet.com. It's on our homepage. So just scroll down right below the banner, and it says, "Hi, my name is Steven, Because we figured, why not have our very friendly CEO and founder as the face of this great portal? So go ahead and click Get Started, and you'll go through all the the different questions and survey there. Perfect. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome back. Just a little um, prelude here before we get started. I just wanted to let you know that there is a little technical difficulties on my side because I didn't set up my microphone appropriately, but the information is so very valuable and we hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be talking about the life 
of Nia Franklin. So Jesse set the stage for us. So Stephen, the Miss America pageant found its origins nearly 100 years ago. I can't believe it's been around for so long. And in the month of September, like the first pageant was held, September 25th, 1920. And it was billed as, I love this name, the Fall Frolic (laughs) and began simply as a marketing idea. The event was so successful that the originators scheduled it to take place the week following Labor Day to encourage summer visitors to stay in Atlantic City, which is actually genius. And therefore, the first Miss America was held September 8th, 1921, 98 years ago. Yeah, and the competition has come a really long way since then. And its title holders have evolved into some of the most talented and accomplished women the pageant world has ever witnessed. Mm -hmm. And the current Miss America is no exception. And Nia Franklin, Miss America 2019, is... Everything a modern Miss America should be. She is not only beautiful, intelligent, talented, she is exceptionally accomplished, and she has earned a master's degree in music composition. She's a classically trained opera singer, and she relentlessly endeavors to use her voice and the power of music to transform lives through art. Yeah, and in speaking about her passion for the arts, Nia has often quoted Gandhi saying the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service mm. of others. And that is clearly the belief that Nia lives by. But Nia Franklin is also, she's a groundbreaker. She was the very first Miss America to represent the newly branded organization now called Miss America 2.0. And because of one of the many changes that the revamped organization made was to remove the swimsuit round prior to the 2019 contest, she is the first woman to compete and win the national title without wearing a swimsuit on stage, which is huge. Yeah, she it. And really, she, if you see her body, swimsuit would have like helped her win even more. So it's like, I mean, they kind of crippled her a little bit there and yet she still was able to come away with the crown. So, you know, good job, Nia. Um, And that's not the only thing that she's been the first at, which we'll get to um, next. So finally, in addition that to the, those fascinating facts, Nia Franklin also made history again as the first of three African-American women to win a major American pageant titles during the same year. So after Nia became Miss America, Callie Garris won Miss Teen USA, and then Chesley um, Kirst won the coveted Miss USA crown just four days later. So for the first time in history, the current Miss America, Miss USA, and Teen USA are all black women. And I, I want to celebrate because this came out this week, actually, that uh, those three women, um, Chesley, Nia, and Kaylee, were on the cover of the digital version of Essence magazine. So they were in the Met with print magazine, but they were the actual cover of the digital version. They are in head-to-toe Gucci. Their faces are in like super natural makeup. Their hair is all in its full, natural, beautiful glory. And they are really being celebrated in pop culture as like this unique duo. And I'm pretty impressed that both systems are are really joining forces to embrace it. Don't you think that's cool? That is cool. And and for those of you that are not like from America or international audience, Essence Magazine is a magazine that's really dedicated to women of color. And um, for those of you that don't know, the Miss USA system was actually born out of the Miss America system. There was a TIFF early on the early years of Miss America where, well, we won't go into it here, but basically <laughs> Miss America, Miss USA branched off from Miss America and then there was a bit of a rivalry. So this is really the first time since the break, um, whenever that happened like 60 plus years ago or whatever, 
um, that the systems have been seemingly working together or at least playing nice. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a big deal. And Nia has definitely been at the forefront of celebrating her um, African-American heritage and women of color of, of all descent. So uh, I think it's great that she was able to be a part of that key moment. And she really came out of nowhere like a shooting star. Like she blazed a trail across all channels of social media. And she's been like lighting up the hearts of not only the American people, but shining into the lives of fans around the world. So um, I'm really glad that we're able to feature her as this week's podcast subject. Yeah, same. And I think we have a comment from Instagram about her. Do you want yeah, to Yeah, why don't you go ahead and read it, Steven? Me? Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is from Emma Ship L3Y. And she said, I met her in person at Miss California, and she's very down to earth. She was hardly wearing any makeup. She wasn't wearing her crown or sash, just very simple and so humble. So she mentioned she's like this. She's mentioned like this because she's not Miss America. She's Nia Franklin. The crown doesn't define her. She's her own person. I thought that was really that. nicely stated. Yeah. So this shining star was born Nia Amani Franklin on July 27, 1993 in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And Nia has said that her home was always filled with the sound of music. And she recalls that at the age of five, now her destiny seemed to be like cemented by three very unique events. And I'm I'm trying to figure out, Amani means... Um peace i think in swahili i have to I'm, i want to figure that out but I, I think that's the meaning behind it which is like very true to brand um so i don't know if her name like manifested into her legacy but i always think that's interesting but i i love the name um and i i will confirm what that is at some point but um i actually just I, googled I, it the strong swahili means faith it means faith, faith. Yes. yeah which is very fitting so i just googled very it fitting time. yes um I, fun fact, we used to speak a little Swahili because when I went to Africa, like we were immersed. So that's why I was like, oh my gosh, I know that's a Swahili word. Um, clearly not well enough since I didn't remember that that meant faith. <laughs> but I can say Nakupenda, which is I love you. That's all uh, I know. That's precious. Yes. Okay. So Nia says that she has always loved singing in choir and participated in choral groups all through school. But her love of choir and singing in general actually began in her family's church. And the first event when she was singing in church one day, uh, she was in the middle of a song and she was really lost in the words and the music, like like you and I probably do in our car. And she looked down and a little girl about her same age uh, was staring at her, her eyes big and wide and her jaw was completely dropped. So like that tells you that she just was able to make an impact with her voice from the get go. Yeah, and Nia looked as a little girl, and I mean, in that moment, she realized what you just said, that her voice and the music and um, that all that stuff that she loved so much could really have a profound impact on Mm -hmm. other people. And this made her feel like she had very something, something very special and that she needed to find other ways to, to share it. And based on that new belief, she soon entered a talent show and her family played all kinds of music around the house, but they especially loved R&B and soul. She said that Stevie Wonder was a huge family favorite. So naturally she decided to sing a Stevie Wonder song at her talent show. I wish I knew what song it was. I love Stevie Wonder. I don't know, but yeah, he's got so many good ones. Um, Mm -hmm. So Nia describes that afterwards, yet another young girl came up to her and criticized her song. The little girl seemed really irritated that with Nia's music selection and demanded to know what kind of song that she was singing. It sounds like that little girl is preparing Nia for the pageant industry. Yeah, right? First coach. Um, so Nia's reaction was entirely positive, though. She didn't take that with the, um, 
she took it in stride and she said that that in incident made her feel not only did she have a gift, but she was also unique. And she knew that she would need to continue to make her own individual choices, whether or not anyone else approved, which is like a really valuable lesson to learn at a young age. Right. And the final event that was probably the most foreshadowing of the path that her life would eventually take, she decided to write a song, but not just any song. This song was a song about God and how much he loved her. The first line of the song was, love is the only thing that matters to me. At that time, at the tender age of five, she had no idea the impact that her decisions to write songs and that particular song would have on her life and the lives of others. Yeah. And we'll come back to that in a little bit. Actually, there's a good story around it. And the majority of people who get along in pageants grew up watching them on television. And most had dreams of eventually winning a crown someday. But Nia's dreams were all related to her love of music. And the only time she imagined herself on stage was to perform a song and not compete in a beauty pageant or a scholarship competition. Yeah. But surprisingly, Nia took to the competition right away and soon found out that not just an outlet where she could perform her talents, but a place where she could bond with other like-minded girls who were intelligent, ambitious, and shared her desires to give back to the community. The world of pageantry seemed to blend seamlessly with her educational pursuits. And while a student at East Carolina University, uh, Franklin was crowned Miss Black and Gold at a scholarship pageant sponsored by the university Alpha Phi, um, Alpha, Phi Alpha Fraternity. And sadly, Nia's joy at discovering the world of pageants would soon be overshadowed by the unimaginable because during her freshman year, Nia went home to visit her family for Thanksgiving and she was told that she needed to go right to the hospital and her father had been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's T-cell lymphoma. Hmm. Ugh. Yeah, her father struggled with the disease and after ongoing chemotherapy, he would continually improve and then relapse and then improve and then relapse. Eventually, the family was told that he required a stem cell transplant, and after checking the public donor system and then older family members, the doctors discovered that Nia was actually a match, and so she ended up donating her stem cells to her dad, which led to his remission and ultimately like saving his life. I don't know what it's like to donate stem cells. Is it just like, I mean, do you know anything about it? Do you just pull it out? I don't out know. I don't know if and... it's invasive or non-invasive. Yeah. Um, but I know stem cells in general have been controversial in the medical field for a long time. Um, but everyone says like the magic that stem cells can do like this um, are endless. So I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not really familiar. My, the only thing I really know about stem cells is my, my friend, um, he and his wife had quadruplets naturally without in vitro or anything like that. It was just wow. like, yeah. Um, but they, uh, um, saved the stem cells because I guess the stem cells somewhat weaken over time the older you get. But if mm. you can store them and extract them right when the babies are born, um, it's much better. Like they're much more potent or, or whatever the verbiage is. So he actually had it extracted and he pays, I don't know, I think it's like $1,200 per year per child to have them stored because of wow. all the research around this, because of something like this, they can actually pull from the bank of their own stem cells to potentially, like if one of his kids, God forbid, has something like this, they don't need to find a donor, they can pull from their own stem cells. So I'm like, mm. that's amazing, like technology that and where it's going. But anyways, fun, fun uh, side note. So I don't think yeah. it's too invasive because how would they do it with the kids? Right. Yeah, so, all right. Um, 
So where? Yeah. So are she we? saved his life. <laughs> okay. She saved like, his life. I, okay. I'm like now I'm like deep in scientific thought. I know. And I wanted to take a few other tangents of this fun person I met at a party, but okay, I'll wait for another podcast. <laughs> anyway, okay, so that's so stem cells are not the only thing Nina has donated at a hospital. Um, she also, um, which also happens to be a Children's Miracle Network hospital, she gave them a piano after her dad recovered. And this turn of events was actually what led Nina to the Miss America organization. And although her mother is a teacher, it was her father who was the primary breadwinner. And he could not work for some time. So it looked as though she might have to leave school. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, the Children's Miracle Network um, Foundation is like Miss America's social, um, what is it? Social awareness impact. Mm-hmm. Social. Yeah. Social uh, impact initiative. Yeah. Social impact initiative. That, gosh, I'm still learning that one. Um, so so the, the correlation there is really quite beautiful. But um Nia is quoted with saying, I had to find a way to pay for myself to go to school. And so I entered this competition and it become much more than just the scholarship money for me. It was also about the mentorship, leadership, and sisterhood you find in this program. One of the sisters that she found through the Miss America organization was Chelsea Kirst, um, who was introduced in 2016. And you'll remember that Chelsea, she eventually went on to win Miss USA the same year as Nia won her title. And she became a very special friend to Nia and would often lend Nia competition wardrobe, help her with pageant practice. And, you know, fun side fact, she was also her attorney, too. Yeah, I mean, two very accomplished women kind of grew up together in the pageant industry, hitting their peak at the same time. And who would have thought Miss USA would be a lawyer? And in fact, she would be Miss America's lawyer. Pretty cool. <laughs> That's, that I is wonder if she justice. wrote over her Miss America contract for. That would have been, I, I and I wonder if Miss America was like, no, you need to have somebody else because it's conflict of interest. <laughs> I don't know. If there's know. pushback on that. That would be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's incredible to think that the simple sharing of interview outfits and evening gowns would lead to the sharing of history-making moment, just like we talked about. And uh, Nia competed in the Miss North Carolina pageant both in 2016 and 2017. And at both competitions, she placed in the top 10 and won the Preliminary Talent Award. Well, no surprise there. And then Mm -hmm. after competing in the Miss North Carolina pageant, 24-year-old Nia, she hung up her pageant heels and was content to enter journey with the Miss America organization. Little did she know that what she thought was an end or just a brief stop, fate would step in to not only change the path of her pageant career, but ultimately the path of her life as well. Because in January 2018, the new board of directors of the Miss America organization increased the maximum age of participants from 24 to 25, which means contestants cannot be older than 25 years old on December 31st in the calendar year of the state's competition, um, which, of course, allowed a lot of contestants to be able to come back for one final year when they thought they were done. Yeah. I mean, and then so what happened is Nia moved to New York for school. And in June 2018, just before her 25th birthday, she competed as Miss Five Burroughs in the Miss New York 2018 pageant. Did you compete for that one, Jesse? No, I'm... I'm old, Stephen. Uh, okay, well, I thought I, I thought you, <laughs> but you did compete for a local, though, and I thought one of the locals was Miss Five Burrows. 
So, so when, the, when I competed, I competed in a sweeper. So for those that are not okay. familiar with how a sweeper pageant works, it's open or um, available to anyone in the state. And then when you win, you pick your title at that point. So there were like 30 contestants and um, five girls were crowned. And then we just picked who, where we wanted to represent. So Miss Five Burrows, I think, did come out of my sweeper. But it wasn't like a title that we competed for. Does that make sense? Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought there was some connection there. But um, so anyways, with Nia, she went on to win both the talent and the swimsuit preliminary awards, as well as the overall interview award. And mm-hmm. if you're kind of keeping track at home, um, on the state and the local level, they still were competing in swimsuit, but on the national level, they did not. So that's Correct. how she was able to win the swimsuit. Um, and then she was ultimately crowned Miss New York 2018 on June 30th, 2018 at Shades Theater in Buffalo, New York. Now, I want to like just point out here that this is a coaching moment, too, that she had this dream and she held to the dream and she worked for the dream. And it looked like there was no way that this dream of her becoming Miss America was ever going to happen. And I think that we all get to a point in our lives where the thing that we want so much to happen, it just feels like there's an absolute dead end. Like it's not Mm going to happen. In Nia's case, she aged out. Didn't happen for her. In this case, what I like to do and what I would encourage you to do as a listener is just have faith that it can A, still happen, or B, something better for you is around the corner. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean... When you age out in Miss America, you age out. Like, you're not, you know, she thought her career was over and how devastated she probably was after that last pageant. pageant. Like, maybe really bummed because, you know, she didn't win the state title. And then, boom, she got this last opportunity. And then, you know, life made a way for her. God made a way for her. And here Mm -hmm. she is, now the reigning Miss America in addition to all of her other firsts and kind of the new things that she did or the, um, the groundbreaking things that she's done as winning Miss America, she's also the first Miss America to win with the new like age range, you know, Mm -hmm. so uh, we can add that to her list as well. So I want to encourage you if you, again, if you feel like you're in a situation that you're not sure how it's going to work out for you, it still can. Right. I think that's a great message and you always have to be willing to, look for those opportunities. And, and we, um, we had just talked about this podcast a few weeks ago, Stephen, you and I about, um, I think it was Mr. Dyson. And he made the comment about when everyone else feels like they're getting, when, when you're getting the most tired, that's when it's time to push. So mm-hmm. even if like you're, if you're aiming for something, was that the right person? Stephen? Yeah, it was. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. so if you're in a situation where there's not a dead end rule, but you just feel like you're done, and you're exhausted and you still have that dream, but you just don't think you can do it anymore. Like that is the time to push the most. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Love that. Well, fun fact, she was crowned at Shays Theater in Buffalo, which is like 10 miles from my house. And I didn't even go. <laughs> I'm heartbroken. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's challenging when you work in, in pageantry for a living, right? It's just like, yes. you, you see it all day, every day. And you're like, ah, you don't mean, just like there's well, another one. Well, they're like, people are like, oh, do you coach girls around here in Buffalo? And I said, well, actually, like, no, I coach girls in South Africa and Australia and 
everywhere you can, Barbados and every state you can imagine, but I don't have many clients here in Buffalo just because of Pageant Planet and all of the ways it connects people in the industry around the world. So it's, um, it's just really interesting to like see the difference of like, you totally get removed from the local space when you're working with so many different places. But, um, Steven, you'll be able to go visit Shays when you come to my wedding in May. So it'll be fun. Oh, but, um, yay. yeah. So after uh, she won, um, Miss America, well, she, after becoming Miss America, just two months after winning Miss New York, she has been awarded roughly $65,000 in total scholarship through the program. And she is elated that in addition to winning the title, her student loans are paid in full. And Steven, like you and I have like chuckled a few times, people say, I'm in, I'm in pageants for the scholarship because certainly there are other ways that cost less to obtain scholarship. But I mean, 65K is nothing to sneeze at. And I know some local pageants that give away scholarships that are comparable to Miss America and many pageants in the South and, um, North Carolina, Alabama, and I'm sure there's other states give full tuitions to local colleges and universities. So you might not be receiving the dollars in scholarship, but you might be receiving educational opportunities. Yeah, which is the same. I mean, and this is a real situation where her dad got injured and like, you know, he got sick and he couldn't work. And so she needed to find a way. She found a way and thank God for the Miss America organization that could provide her that opportunity. So that's amazing. Yep. And she's the seventh winner of Miss America representing New York, ooh, ooh, um, including <laughs> the first African-American winner, Vanessa Williams, who won the title in 1983. And Vanessa Williams got married right up the street from Shays as well. Wow. It's, it's mm -hmm. a, it must be something in the water. Um, <laughs> so not long ago in an interview, Nia was asked about the importance of three black women winning three prestigious pageant titles in the same year. And the reporter asked if it still, you know, quote, mattered. And why do you keep on uh, or why do we need to keep counting? I'm not sure what she meant about why do we need to keep counting? But uh, basically, so, the reporter's because, asking. So the, what happened was... Um, Everyone was talking about like, oh, Nia is the seventh Black Miss America. Mm -hmm. And the reporter was like, why do we need to keep counting the number of Black Miss Americas we've had? That's what she got was it. meaning. Okay. So it. Nia replied, like Nia was not having any time for that. And she said the Miss America organization did not allow Black women to compete in the pageant until the 1970s. And I'm only the, oh, I'm sorry, there's a typo. She was the ninth Miss America of color out of 92 winners. Um, and that's not a great track record. Representation matters, not just little black girls, but all minorities need to see other minorities in national roles in America. And then she referenced her Oprah magazine interview by saying, as I said before, we're going to keep counting until we can't count anymore. So like mm. she clapped back real fast on the reporter. <laughs> as Indeed. she should have. Yeah, as she did. Uh, so as we stated at the beginning of our podcast, Nia has accomplished much since becoming Miss America. Miss America is the most intense public relations job for any young woman, and mm -hmm. a new title holder has to make countless adjustments in her new role. But Nia had to make more adjustments than any other title holder before her. For one thing, the you know, the pageant, air quotes, is now represented is no longer called a pageant. You, Miss America does not call themselves a pageant; they are mm -hmm. a competition or a contest. And the young ladies that we used to call contestants are no longer identified as contestants. They are now called um, candidates. And probably one of the biggest changes that she had to get used to was calling her beloved platform, which is called advocating of the arts, her 
just as you said, Stephen, social impact initiative. So she's still getting used to it too, which is saying something. Um, that is a major mouthful for anyone to have to deal with that's not used to it. So social impact initiative. So platform is apparently in the dark ages when it comes to Miss America. We still use it because most pageants still call it platform. Uh, but Nia has managed to roll with the punches in a very graceful and dignified manner and has been consistently fulfilling her duties with maturity and a sense of poise that is beyond her years. And uh, Stephen, do you want to read? We have another submission of why we love, people love Nia from Instagram. Yeah. So this is David underscore haircut. It's kind of funny. He said her heart, she has the same heart and sweet spirit today as Miss America that she had the day our family met her when she won her first local title and a bunch of hearts and all that. But you know what? The other thing that Nia has to deal with is something that I feel like is unique that no other contestants have to deal with. It's the fact that she represents a title in the pageant industry. And then the competition itself does not identify themselves as pageant. So it's like, for some in the pageant community, they feel like Miss America is like trying to move away from the people that support them for so long by mm -hmm. just shifting the name. So she also has to navigate the public relations like inside the industry too. Whereas most of the time, like you're crowned Miss America, you're like, you're good, right? In the industry, like we got yep. your back. Now she's, she is navigating through some choppier waters because of the change in verbiage and change of leadership and um, at the time when she won, Gretchen was still over there and some people weren't happy about that. So they were still trying to push her out. So it was a, it's been a very rocky, I, I'm not saying that she's had a rocky time, but I can imagine like this type of questions and the private questions and conversations that right. only really she knows and all those things that it, it's gotta be tough. Oh, extremely tough. And she really has kept her head above water in that sense. And like, risen to the occasion. And we'll, we'll hear some more comments about, um, Nia's year coming up. Um, but for the most part, she's staying really positive and she's standing by the organization and all the changes that they're making. And, um, we'll, we'll see. We, I mean, we were what, two months away, three months away from her crowning her successor. So, um, we'll see how the year finishes up for her. Hopefully it's positive. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. Oh, so, Nia has set herself apart from the very beginning of her involvement in pageantry, and there's so much that we can learn from um, about her and like other successful contestants like her. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess let me transition to you. I know I, I jumped the script a little bit there, but <laughs> I just summarized it. Fair enough. Okay. So Nia said it herself, the pageant is all about mentoring, and we noticed that some very specific points in the story we'd like to share with our listeners. So consider this whole section, your coaching moment of the podcast, because there are three different tips. And we talk about how Nia has personified them in her journey. And we are convinced that you will benefit from doing these three same things yourself, because I mean, they're proven time and time again, Nia is just textbook. Yeah. Okay. So the, the first one is make sure that your platform or social impact initiative is something that ties in directly with who you are at your core. So every successful contestant and title holder that we've ever seen has made this their first um, major priority when competing in a pageant. In fact, we're of the opinion that if you don't make your platform a priority, your entire experience while competing in pageantry is going to be unfulfilling on some level. In addition mm -hmm. to that, the chances of winning the title that you're dreaming of are very slim. 
every successful contestant and title holder knows that when they choose their platform, it's not only the foundation of their pageant career, but it's the thing that gives their pageant experience joy, whether they win or not. So that's what Steven, you were saying was like, if you just compete and you lose, it's like, womp, womp. But if you compete and you lose and you look back and you've done hours upon hours of community advocacy, like, she's like, you know what? Like that was a really fulfilling time for me. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so Nia's platform is music, specifically advocating for the arts. And it's so much a part of her that if you took it away from her, she would be unrecognizable. You cannot possibly imagine a better platform for her because it embodies who she is at her essence. And music is akin to oxygen for Nia. And if she didn't have it in her life, she'd be an absolute different person. Mm -hmm. And her passion for music is not something separate that was outside herself that she put on. Her love for music was intrinsic um, and natural. And that's the most ideal platform you can have. And anyone can find a platform that works for them in the same way. You may have to do some soul searching, but if you're true to yourself, it'll take time. I usually say, um, Stephen, the people have to, one, think about there's three steps to finding the right platform for you, I think, within this overall coaching theme. The first is think about something that has personally impacted you or someone close to you. The second is to think about what makes you passionate, like what really hurts your heart, like what ailment in the world holds you back. Um, and then the third is what would you not get bored talking about for 365 days of the year? People are like, well, I could do this or I could do this. I said, okay, which of those would you wake up energized to talk about every day for your entire reign? And usually that gets us where we need to be. So we guarantee that it will pay off for you in the end. Love that. All right. So your biggest reason why your platform is so important is because it is your ultimate communication tool. And you'll use your platform and your resulting volunteer work as well to tell your story. It becomes a strategic piece of your public relations arsenal. And most importantly, it's the primary way that the judges in the pageant organization, they connect with you. What you've done with your platform helps them to understand who you are and what you want to do with the title if you're chosen as the winner. And we know that there are going to be some of you who say that you're involved in a pageant system that doesn't require you to have a platform. So surely we can't be talking to you, right? That's not correct. So whether your pageant (laughs) requires a platform or not, it's completely irrelevant. It doesn't matter if it's scored or not. Without a platform, you don't really have a story and nothing to talk about. And more specifically, nothing that separates you from just another pretty and talented woman walking through that interview room. Interview room. Yep. I always give this example to contestants that are struggling with finding their why they're there. I say, if you walk in, you say, I want to be Miss XYZ because I want to jumpstart my modeling career. That's what you say. And the next one comes in and says, I want to be Miss XYZ because there's this issue in this region right now and I know how to fix it. Mm. which girl are you going to crown? You're not going to crown the girl that's there to be self-serving, which there might be some inkling of you that wants to use pageantry as a stepping stone for something else. And there's no problem with that. It's just, how do you find a genuine way to want to help others along the way? And that's how judges respond. Yep. Okay. Yep. So do you, do you want to talk about point number two? You want yeah, to I'll introduce number okay. two. Have a detailed plan for your reign that connects with your platform as well as the pageant system's goals and objectives. So every time that you walk into the pageant interview room, you should have a detailed and well thought of plan of action memorized in the event that you do win the title. Atmosphere is the 
like, what is the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles, right? So this is the golden key to your judge's interview, and it'll set you apart from the sea of applicants if you do it correctly. You're, you're applying for a job, and those judges want to know that you have a personal investment in the pageant as a business and that you're not just there to win a shiny crown. Yep. And your plan of action should be based on your platform as well as your particular type of service projects and any other skill sets, abilities, personal interests you have. You also want to be able to think in terms of how your platform relates to the pageant and any other associated organizations that it partners with, causes, sponsors, main charity, if it has one like Miss America has CMN. Um, so that's the national one, but then you can also have your own. Yep. This becomes even more essential the higher you advance in competition. Every state, national, and international competitor should adjust their plan of action for the job that they're interviewing for. If you have a state title, you need to begin to think more globally about your platform and challenge yourself to think about your plan on a larger scale, how your platform can be extended upon, leveled up, because if your platform only works locally on the grassroots level, you can't show the judges that it fits into their national or international viewpoint. You just won't get the job, period. Right. And Nia was absolutely brilliant in this regard. And no doubt she captured the judge's complete attention with her strategic plan. Her bio, which was released before the pageant, stated that she had written over 100 songs and she was only five years old when she wrote her very first song. And we were just talking about that a few minutes ago. And now you may think that would be such a sweet story to discuss with the judges during interview because it would make her impressive and memorable. But no, Nia didn't stop there. She made that sweet story into a jaw-dropping solution. During her very first press conference, only just minutes after being crowned, a reporter asked her about this song and requested that she sing it right then and there on national television, and she did. More importantly, not only did she sing it beautifully and enthralled the entire room of reporters, but she said that she was hoping the Miss America organization would be open to allowing her to use the song to benefit others. And we don't know for sure that she told the judges about this during her interview, but why wouldn't she? And she had obviously thought about this as part of her action plan if she were to win. And I mean, if you come out and you say something you want to achieve as Miss America in front of reporters on the night you win Miss America, there's not much they can do, but let you do it. It is a brilliant Genius. move. Just what an excellent strategy, right? I mean, that's that's perfect. And you know, good job, Nia, because she got her wish. I mean, they recorded it. She's got her song and yep. pushed it out to all of her audience. And like that's the perfect way to really use your title to push your personal goals and your agenda while also like really supporting and marketing the pageant. It was just really nicely done. Mm -hmm. So Fortunately, the Miss America organization agreed to the awesome idea as well because they allowed her to record it and they sold it online through the Miss America website and all the proceeds went directly for the benefit of Children's Miracle Network. It's amazing. So stop and think about that for a moment. Here's a title who has a remarkable talent and gift and she has the passion to use that talent to help other people, but she didn't just focus on her own goals. She came up with a way to promote the pageant system's goals too. And Nia knew that one of the responsibilities of Miss America is to be the national ambassador for CMN, Children's Miracle Network. So part of her plan she came up with, an outside of the box idea to utilize her natural abilities to benefit the cause. And I, I have goosebumps because that's thinking about the system, the pageant, the competition, her gifts so holistically, so many contestants leave that type of viewpoint on the table, and she took major advantage of it. Yeah. How could the judges not choose her for the job? And this I is know. why, yeah, it's just imperative that your platform be perfectly fit for you and why you have to think about it in terms of 
how your platform can benefit and complement the pageant that you want to win. Uh, pageant views their title holder as a walking, talking, public relations, and marketing tool. The title holder's job is not just to be the face of the organization, it's to be the physical embodiment of the pageant values, missions, and objectives. Mm -hmm. And as a queen, you absolutely must be a role model and inspiration to other girls and boys and potential contestants, of course. But it's so much more than that. You also need to think of yourself as the key motivating force behind their recruitment initiative. Not enough title holders think about that. And in fact, you have to try to think of yourself as the answer to every problem that the pageant might have, because that's what they need you to be. And judges do ask about, like, hey, this is a perceived challenge. How are you going to fix it? Yeah. And when you step back and you view yourself from like what you have to offer the pageant in its entirety, like Mia Franklin did, you'll be able to see yourself in a way they see you. And that is when you will begin to connect with your personal power and confidence. And those qualities will get you noticed every time. Yep. And when you're a title holder, it's so important to take advantage of your unique position and begin to form strategic partnerships with people and organizations that can help you after your reign is over. So that brings us to the third coaching segment and it's set up relationships and opportunities for after your reign before your reign actually ends. And I think you might notice that usually, uh, so first of all, you have to stop using your personal uh, social media accounts when you're Miss America. I think they, I think that's still the case, but I know it's been the case for like the last five or six years. And then about two months before people give up their title, you start to see them promoting their personal um, handles. So that's the time, like your last few months, that's when you have to solidify relationships for yourself as you start to trail off. Yeah. And you're in such a privileged place to seek out those individuals who can best provide you with personal and professional opportunities. However, the trick is to do it before your reign actually ends. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the majority of queens or kings tend to wait until their year is over before they begin to form relationships with people who can help them take the next step with regard to their future goals. Yeah, and there's two major problems with waiting until your reign's over to start networking. The first is that when you're an active title holder, you tend to be so busy doing your job that you really think about what you're going to be doing when it all comes to an end. And for many girls, the transition can be very difficult to navigate through because they don't anticipate the degree of stress or feelings of loss that they may experience afterwards. Mm -hmm. And it is unavoidable that you will feel some type of discomfort or even depression after you served as a queen. And it is totally normal and healthy. And it's a, a reaction a lot of queens have to such a special time in your life coming to an end. And it's so important to prepare for that time as much as possible and do whatever you can to make the change easier on yourself. Yeah, it's kind of a sense of mourning a little bit. Of, I mean, especially if you're like you're going around to all these events and people taking photos and people catering you and you have this whole separate life. And then all of a sudden it's just gone. You know, so there is that bit of that mourning process and that's totally fine. Can I, can I yeah. say there's one, there's one thing I've done in life that compares to being a pageant queen and only one thing. What's that? And mascots. Mm. So there was a time where I would, I would perform as a mascot and be like wear a big costume and I would be super Mario and I was anonymous, but kids follow you around. They want pictures with you. You have to be animated. You have to be over the top. You have to be magnetic. So if anyone out there has retired from pageantry and you're really struggling do the mascot thing. It is the same. <laughs> That's awesome. Can you see I, it? Like you smile for your yeah. pictures when you're in that mass, like that massive head, no mm -hmm. one can see you. No one knows it's you, but you smile for every picture. Yeah. I it's hysterical. Totally, I totally see that. So the second, anyway. 
Yeah, no, I, I could see that. I've never been a mascot. It's got to be very hot. Um, very hot, those, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, so the second reason <laughs> that you should be making professional connections while you still hold the title is that people are typically more receptive to working with you and more doors will be open to you when you are the current Miss So-and-so rather than you were the former Miss So-and-so. Womp, womp. I know. It's so sad. Um, and it's so true. Like you see it in celebrities. I mean, somebody, um, uh, a former, one of the girls that was on Baywatch, like with David Hasselhoff, um, called Renata about like doing a certain sponsorship or whatever. And you know, like, we couldn't think of who she was. I'm like, I think I kind of picture her, you know, um, but if she would have said, oh, I was on the Baywatch with like The Rock and it's like, oh, well, that's like fresh in our mind, right? right. That's like happened. So it would be totally different. And the social media numbers showed and all that other stuff. But um, it is one of those things where you, you got to strike while the iron is hot. Yep. And Nia explained this beautifully um, during a recent interview with the 700 Club. She stated that she is currently reaching out to specific individuals and building potential contacts in order to lay the groundwork for her numerous future plans and potential career goals. Yeah. And after all this lady plans to earn herself a Grammy one day, so she's being very proactive and we expect no less from her. She explained how grateful she is to have an extra four months added on to her reign since Miss America contest is now held in December rather than September, um, as it's been in previous years. And she considers this period of time a gift, and she's making the most out of this unexpected blessing. And she's not yet revealed what her specific plans are, but she is determined to set herself up in the most beneficial way so that when her term is officially over, sad, she will be able to step right into the next phase of her life with total confidence and peace of mind. Yeah, and based on the example that she has set for us thus far, we have every expectation that this remarkable woman will someday be the very first Miss America to win a Grammy. And knowing just how capable she is of achieving, we wouldn't be shocked at all if she managed to snag herself an Oscar, a Tony as well, you know, and any Nobel Peace Prize award and everything else. Yep. And we'll wrap up by kind of telling we like to share a quote by that person. We've shared a couple by Nia, but um, I like this one specifically. Um, so to summarize today, like, this is textbook Nia. When asked by a reporter at the press conference just after her win, the question was, with all the controversy surrounding the organization this year, as well as leading up to the competition, what needs to happen in the future to keep Miss America going and to keep it modern and successful? And she simply and confidently replied, I don't mean to sound cocky, but I think you're looking at her. <laughs> Woo! Snap. And that's a perfect way to end it. Thank you all so much for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or for one's previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Until next time. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.